The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out cybionicscgm.com. How's it going? It's Owen here, and this is a bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast, Redefining Diabetes. Every week, we'll dip back into the episode archive and get you to think and reflect once more about some of the things we've learned from the podcast over the last few years. It could be some diabetic wisdom, advice, a great guest, or even a hypo story. So enjoy this bite-sized episode of the Insulone Podcast. Just to go over the differences again then, Sam, between a high or a low, what, what's the difference in how... Sam will alert, or sorry, Corey will alert you that your bloods are low compared to how you're high. Right. So for a high, he'll um, he'll stare at me really intently, and then he'll spin in a circle. Um, sometimes he won't spin just because he thinks he's too big for a space. So I kind of should have probably trained a different alert, but he like loves spinning. Like he gets all excited and jumps and gets really into it. So um, it's it's fun for him. Um, but that's how I know, okay, probably going high. And then for lows, he'll come and he'll he'll boot me with his nose um, pretty aggressively. <laughs> I've seen the videos. Um, it looks sore. <laughs> yeah, people are always asking, are you bruised? I'm like, not yet. Um, <laughs> it's not that intense, but um, it is pretty hard sometimes. And, you know, the nighttime ones are, you know, you're laying there and you're like half asleep and he'll get you right in the really sensitive spot, like on my <laughs> stomach or something. I'm like, oh, buddy, <laughs> try for my arm next time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it's like a, a physical alarm clock to wake you up. Mm-hmm. So you then, Sam, kind of taught him how to respond to highs and lows. Could it have been something different to him turning around or could it have been something different to him nudging you with his nose? Yeah. So you, uh, you can, you know, pick your alert, I guess. <laughs> um, so if you want it to be a paw on your leg, some people there's, uh, you can put your hand out and they'll like nudge it either up or down to tell you that it's going high or low, or, you know, we do the, the nose command. Um, it really depends on what, you prefer as the person, but we also try to focus on things that the dog enjoys doing, right? So if a dog is showing that they really dislike doing a, a nose command, so like the, the booping on the leg, I, I would discourage that from being your alert just because if the dog isn't having fun doing it, then they're not going to want to do it. So you can kind of pick up on their 
their body language and their attitude towards it when you're training and say, okay, this alert isn't working, but you know, he really loved, you know, spinning in a circle and he gets really excited. So <laughs> I was like, oh, we'll go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so does he then keep alerting you until your bloods are back in range? Because <laughs> the videos that I've seen, as you said, when he's alerting you about a low blood sugar, it actually looks kind of sore how he's almost headbutting you. <laughs> and right. uh, does he then stop when you acknowledge the fact that he has alerted you or does he just keep bumping you until your bloods are physically back in range? No. So I, I will tell him, um, stop. I have a stop command because <laughs> I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't need him to keep booping me when I know something's wrong. Um, after he initially alerts. And I always have people train a stop command just because, you know, some days you are trending low all day or trending high all day. And for the dog to have to keep, you know, every 20 minutes, half an hour to come and be like, hey, you're still high, you're still low. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's also stressful for them. So, you know, someday, sometimes I will just tell him like, stop, or I say, I say Ende, <laughs> it's my German commands come through um <laughs> just so that he knows okay like you do know something's wrong but i don't have to tell you every 20 30 minutes that you're still high you know you mentioned sam that you had dogs kind of throughout your whole life and you, you you're obviously a, a massive fan of dogs and love having them <laughs> and Corey is the first alert dog that you've had obviously but how do you feel mm -hmm your relationship with Corey differs to your relationship with any of your previous dogs? I mean, we just have a, such a stronger bond than, you know, than any other dog I've had before. I mean, he's most, you know, your pet dog, you can't take with you to the supermarket or, <laughs> or to the doctor's office. So, you know, he's with me pretty much 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, um, I don't know. He's like my, my best friend, my child <laughs> kind of combination. Like we're just so in tune with each other. And I think part of that is to having him from so young and also training him myself to do all of these things. We just have such a stronger bond. You know, if you train your own dog, that training process is a way for you guys to make a connection and, grow your like relationship. And, um, we just, I don't know, like I can tell exactly what he's thinking pretty much all of the time. And he, he can read me too. You know, if I have a bad day where I'm like sad or whatever, he also, he picks up on that and he'll just come and <laughs> throw himself on my lap. Mm. Um, just so, you know, he's like, Hey mom, I know you're kind of feeling a little sad today. Like here I am, pet me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's something he just kind of does intuitively it's not something that i trained him to do so yeah i think it's just we're just really bonded and other dogs are i have had or have been wonderful and i i love all my dogs but this is just a connection that i've never had before and that i think is so special yeah that was actually going to be my next question do you feel Corey can tell if your emotion or your mood changes because you obviously spend so much time together as you say 24 hours a day. I mean, all dogs can pick up on our, our moods and our, you know, our feelings. They're very, dogs rely mainly on body language as communication. So, you know, 
they can understand our words, some of <laughs> some of them, but they mainly pick up on, you know, how are you sitting? How are you standing? Um, and there's something about, you know, our, our pheromones that are released and our, that they can smell as well with, when it comes to feelings and emotions. So they're very, very in tune to us. And um, some dogs will just naturally be like, oh, okay, you're sad. Like I'm right here. Um, pet me. And you can actually train, you know, for anxiety alerts and things like that. You can train dogs to come when they they see a certain, you know, if you're biting your nails every time you're anxious, that can be the cue for the dog to come over and do like deep pressure therapy. So they're really, really in tune to us in our, in our body language and our moods. Do you think every dog has the potential or the capability to be this mm-hmm. type of alert dog, whether it be, as you say, for anxiety, whether it be for diabetes or blood sugar, do you think all dogs have that level of intelligence to be able to be trained like that? People like to think so, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I have people reach out to me, I want to train my dog. And then I have my, you know, list of evaluations and assessments. And I'm like, unfortunately, I'm sorry, like, but but they're really good at this, really good. I'm like, yes, I understand that. And I know, like, you want this, but (laughs) the chances of success aren't always there. Um, You know, so dogs, not all dogs have this ability, which is why it is such a lengthy process for training. And, you know, you really have to make sure that the dog is motivated to do those things and is intelligent enough to continue doing those things. Um, Some dogs, you know, just don't have what it takes and that's okay. You know, not every human is made to be a doctor and not every dog is made to be a service dog. It's it's the same thing. You know, we all have our strengths. We just have to find them. Thanks for listening to this bite-sized episode of the Insulone podcast. And if you want to listen to the full episode, you can check it out in the description. Chat to you soon.